0: Great to see you here this morning as we kick off our year and uh, this focus of building a community of friends. And like Matt, I am really excited about this. I have a sense that God's Spirit is at work amongst us and He has things for us this year. And as Matt said, that vision of building a community of friends is on the one hand so accessible. What does it mean to build friends? We kind of know about that. It's something that we can all grasp. And yet, it is infinite and powerful. I'm very struck by the fact that if you look at Matthew, Mark, and Luke, often the picture of God's people is as a family. Jesus says, Who are my family? These are my family, followers of mine, those who put their trust in me. When you get to John's gospel and it comes to the climax where Jesus is talking to his disciples, He says, I no longer call you servants, I've called you friends. Friends of Jesus. And we are called to be friends to each other and our neighbors because that's what friends of Jesus do. He has brought us together and said, you are my friends. And then out of that comes what we do. In terms of our relationships with each other and with those around us, I'm going to be speaking about some foundations for friendship this morning, and then next week, some more practical ways that we can do that. So that's where we're heading this morning, and I'd like you to turn back, if you've closed your Bibles, to that passage in Zechariah, page 952, Old Testament. Let's pray. Father, your great desire is for your church, for every local expression of what it means to be the church, friends of Jesus, to truly be the church. To reflect what it means to have the Spirit of God with us and amongst us. To be open to what it is that you want to do amongst us. And that we might shine as an outpost of your kingdom wherever we are. Father, your desire for every church is to be the church. And to more and more reflect what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. And so we ask, Father, that as we kick off this year, that that will be our prayer and our desire. And Father, that You will bring that about in ways that may surprise us and leave us open-mouthed and say, is this happening To us? Here? Father, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. There is a remarkable description, a depiction at the end of Zechariah. The picture is something like this. The people of God who are restored, that is the Old Testament people of God, who are restored to Jerusalem after their captivity, are making their way up to Jerusalem. The temple, the place of God's presence. And as they make their way there, they are overwhelmed by people from the surrounding nations, including, according to verse 22, powerful nations. Overwhelmed by these people coming along and grabbing them and saying, Can we come with you? Can we come with you? We've seen something of what God has been doing, and we know that He's doing something extraordinary amongst you, and we want to be in on it. And you have to ask the question way back then, why on earth would any nation want to associate themselves with Israel? They've been defeated, they've been crushed, they are a failed state. They've been into captivity. Their reputation around is zero. So why would powerful nations like Persia or Egypt or even the surrounding nations, why on earth would they want to identify themselves with God's people? And the answer is at the end of Zechariah chapter 8, where Zechariah writes as he sees this overwhelming vision. And here are these people from the surrounding nations who say, let's go with you because we have heard that God is with you. Because God is with you. Some of you may be saying, well, that was then and this is now. We're not ancient Israel. What on earth has this got to do with us? Great stuff. Inspirational. But how does that relate to 21st century Willoughby? How does that relate to St. Stephen's? There are two answers to that. One is a long one and the other is a short one. The short answer is this. This is our story. When you become a follower of Jesus Christ, you are incorporated into that story that unfolds through the Old Testament, and particularly as it's seen in those descendants of Abraham that we call the people of Israel, the kingdom of Israel and Judah, and all that they go through. We are incorporated into that story. This is our story, and their future is our future. And so what we're seeing here in this description of the nations coming to Israel is about us. Because this is our story. And so I want you to imagine... I want you to imagine you're sitting at home and you have a ring on the doorbell or a knock on the door and you go to the door and you have your next door neighbor and their family standing at the door and saying to you, can we come with you to church on Sunday? And it's there, there, The next door neighbors on the other side come and they say, can we come as well? And that awkward neighbor across the road, you see them walking across the street as well and they're saying, me too, can can I come? What would it take? What would it take? For such a thing to happen in our community, the people are begging us to be part of what God is doing amongst us. Because they sense that there is something extraordinary happening amongst God's people here at St. Stephen's. They don't understand it, but they know that we haven't made it up. And they know it isn't because we have really smart programs that we put on. And they know that it isn't because of the quality of our music or our preaching, but something of God is going on. What would it take? And wouldn't you love to see that? So I want to, because I'm an Anglican, I want to look at three things from this passage. Three characteristics that Zechariah draws our attention to that are to be characteristics of followers of Jesus, those who are friends of Jesus. First one is this. There is a remarkable transformation amongst these people that is so extraordinary as to be unbelievable. Unbelievable. The past history of Israel and Judah, the people of Israel in the Old Testament, is a catalogue of disaster and disobedience and idolatry, and they end up crushed and non existent as a nation, abandoned by God and in exile. And here in Zechariah chapter 8, in verse 4. 4 and that section following verse 4, there is this amazing description. This vision that Zechariah sees that the Lord has given him. It's now the streets of Jerusalem, but it's a different Jerusalem from anything anybody has ever known. There are old people sitting there on the streets and I imagine them having a conversation with each other. And saying, did you ever think when we were in Babylon in exile and we reflected on what we'd been as the people of God, how we'd abandoned Him, dragged His name through the dirt, and when we'd been crushed by the mightiest power around, did you ever imagine that we'd be sitting here in safety in the street Because you see, all people are amongst the most vulnerable people when there's a war. You don't sit on the street talking to one another. If you can, you flee. If you can. But here they are. I imagine the sun going down. And there they are, they're having this conversation and saying to each other, did you ever think? It will be like this. And down the road, the children are playing. And they can pray, play openly and freely because there is peace here. Because God has restored them. And there's that sense in the passage that this is absolutely extraordinary. Verse 6, it seems so unbelievable, so marvelous. We have to pinch ourselves. Could you ever imagine... That it would be like this. That we would be restored in this kind of way. We were, verse 13, objects of derision. People had written us off. And now they're streaming to us because they see something unprecedented and extraordinary. And it isn't because of political will that's been renewed. It's because of a work of God where God has said, I am doing something new and different. I am coming back to Jerusalem and my people and I am restoring them. And when I do that work, this is what it will be like. Why are the nations going... To Israel because they see that God has been at work and done something they would never ever have believed and the only way to explain it is that this was the work of God now let me say that should be in fact is the authentic testimony of every believer in Jesus Christ There is that sense, or at least there ought to be in our better moments, when we pinch ourselves and we look at our lives and look at what we've been and the person we are and say, how did this happen? How is it possible that Jesus could call me his friends, not because of who I am, not even despite what I've been, but actually embracing everything about me, the bad as well as the good. That is extraordinary. Notice that the people are one of the reasons why the nations are streaming to Jerusalem is not just... It's not despite what Israel have been, but because of what Israel have been. Sometimes I think we have this view of God that when we become a follower of Jesus and we get forgiven, the the past kind of gets forgotten. And that God accepts us on the basis of forgetting the past. It's despite the past. It isn't. He embraces you and me as we are. And changes us and forgives us and makes us his people. I I don't know about you. I I have to say that the older I've got, and as my children tell me, I've got very old. (laughs) The older I've got, the more I look back over my life and, and things that I thought weren't too bad or excusable, I found it more and more difficult to excuse them. And sometimes we look back over our past and we get weighed down by it. Even though you're a follower of Jesus, we still feel guilty about things in the past. Or we imagine that God only accepts us because He somehow discounted the past. He embraces us with our past. And the thing is, He changes it. He changes it. So what was a result of the disobedience of Israel, that is, that they go into exile and they cease to exist as a nation, now becomes the reason why people stream to Jerusalem. Their fall, and the restoration from that fall, is the very thing that draws people. When you're a follower of Jesus, there is that sense How did that happen to me? That I was that that kind of person and God accepted me in Jesus and He says, You're my friend. When we read the Bible, sometimes I think we read it in a strange kind of way. Words seem to mean different things. So if we have a close friend, we know what that means. And then we say, "Jesus calls me friends," and we put it on some kind of a spiritual category that actually operates at some completely weird level. We need to read it as it says it. Jesus is saying, "You're my friend." Graham, you're my friend. Whoever you are, I embrace you as my friend. When the world begins to see men and women who are remarkably transformed by a work of God that only a work of God can explain, it has an impact. You may feel that you haven't got a great testimony to share. No extraordinary, amazing things have happened in your life. I remember when I was a young teenager, the church I went to, like to, to encourage people, if they wanted to commit their lives to Jesus Christ, to demonstrate in, that in some kind of way. And uh, I, I was very confused at the time. And I, I, Anyway, so I thought, well, maybe God will be happier with me if I kind of indicate that I'm on board. And um, so I did. And I was traveling back from school the next day, And I thought, I've got to tell somebody, because you're supposed to tell somebody, and if you don't tell somebody, it doesn't work properly. That was kind of how I felt. I was so messed up. And so I turned to the guy next to me, who happened to be my cousin, who was one of the cool dudes at school. And I said, "Uh, I became a Christian yesterday. I said it really quickly, hoping he wouldn't hear me. Um, And he did. So I thought, bother. So he said, What do you mean? And I said, Ah, oh, well, blah, 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 blah. well, you know, I I I I I went I went to, I went to the front of the church yesterday to indicate that I wanted to be a follower of Jesus. He said, Oh. And then there was silence. And I didn't know what to say. Because I didn't think I'd got very much to share. Let me tell you. That however insignificant you feel your encounter with Jesus Christ is, it is enormous. Just tell your story to people. Tell them what Jesus has done for you, what he means to you. Say it in a halting way if that's your style. Say it however you say, it, just say it because it is extraordinary the reason why people were streaming to jerusalem was because they'd seen an extraordinary transformation of god's people that principle is still the same here's the second thing there were transformed relationships in chapter 7 there's a depiction of what israel's relationships with one another were like before so if you look at verse 8 onwards They were bickering with one another. Even worse than that, they were just in it for themselves. They went through the religious motions, but they didn't care about their neighbors. They didn't care about the people around them. They just cared about themselves. And if they wanted something, they got it, even if that meant perverting justice. And God says, I hate that. But notice the contrast with what it's to be like Now, have a look at verse 16 in chapter 8. These are the things you are to do. Speak the truth to each other. Does that remind some of you of Ephesians? It should do. And render true and sound judgment in your courts. Do not plot evil against each other. And do do not love to swear falsely, I hate all this, declares the Lord transformed relationships in their dealings with each other it's not just that god is at work amongst them not just that god has restored them but now there's a new commitment to each other matt's already reminded us that you could sum up what he means to be a follower of jesus by saying love god and love your neighbor the two are inextricably linked you cannot say the bible says you love god and not love your brothers and sisters Love for brothers and sisters. Love for those who are part of the community of friends comes out of and is defined by our relationship with God. It comes out of that vertical relationship. And the two hang together. Take either of them away. Pull one of them down and elevate the other and you haven't got authentic Christianity. But you notice how practical that is? Again, so often I think when it comes to the Christian life, we put it on some other level. You know, love God, what does that mean? Have deep spiritual experiences. Shivers down the spine. I I love that when that happens. But it is earth in the practical. It means giving your life to serve somebody else. It means saying, how can I use my life so that somebody else, at least one other person, has a better life because of me? And it's defined by our relationship with God, so it's not just about philanthropy. There are lots of people who are generous to to those around them, but they're not followers of Jesus. There isn't the vertical dimension What inspires us and defines our love for our neighbor is our love for God. But it's immensely practical. And so they stream to Jerusalem because they see what's going on in the relationships that they have with one another. Transformed relationships. And then the last thing. Because there were three things. Remarkable turnaround, transformed relationships. God's blessing falls on them. Verse 12, God says the seed will grow well, the vine will yield its fruit, the ground will produce its crops, and the heavens will drop their, their dew. Their circumstances have changed. At the practical level, but you notice this? Everybody's blessed. Verse 13, as you have been an object of cursing among the nations, so I will save you and you will be a blessing. When God starts to bless His people, it spills over and affects other people. When God's blessing is at work amongst His people, then it spills over. Three things then. Three things that are going on amongst these people. And remember, their story is our story. Three characteristics, a remarkable turnaround, God's blessing, and a new commitment to one another. Jesus said, I call you friends. And because He's called us friends, He's brought us together. I want you to look at the person next to you on either side of you. And ideally, if it's not a member of your family, just think, would you have chosen this person (laughs) to be a friend? If it's a member of your family and you're struggling with that, (laughs) speak to Matt. (laughs) We're not a community of like-minded people who think, wouldn't it be great to get together? We're a community of people who are friends because Jesus has said, you're my friends. And that makes us friends with each other. And He's done this remarkable turnaround in our lives. Who would have thought that I could say Jesus is my friend? God's blessing falling on us and transformed relationships. This year, our vision is to be a community of friends of Jesus and to build that more and more into who we are. What we've seen this morning is three demonstrations of that. Three examples of that. So in our praying this week, can I encourage you to be praying amongst other things for these kinds of things. A sense of what God has done. A sense of what He is doing and will do and a sense of our concern for each other. Let's pray. I'm going to ask the musicians if they would come up, and we're going to go straight into a song after this, and then we're going to move into communion. If, you, if you're baptized and you know and love the Lord Jesus, uh, whatever your church background, please join us. And there are small cups, or there's a common cup that you can take. We take communion up here. At the rail, if if you'd prefer to receive in your seat, there will be some people moving around. Let's pray. Father, we pray. We pray for this year. We pray for each other. We pray, Father, that you will pour out your Spirit on us, that you will change us and transform us and inspire us, that there might be a new commitment to each other to serve one another and to serve our community, those around us. The people might... Say, can we come with you? Because we've heard that God is with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand as we sing. Mm.